0: This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley and I'll be sharing how to start, grow and scale your education business. One of the things that can be surprising when you enter the education business world is how seasonal having an education business can be. So when we think of seasonality we tend to think about holiday lets and the travel industry but not really other businesses or industries but it does make sense when you think about it schools are very much tied into a yearly pattern and so when I say seasonal perhaps you're thinking about the sales dip in the six-week holidays or not being able to sell to schools in the 13 weeks of school holidays that are spread across the year and while this is obviously a thing It's not the only thing that makes education business seasonal. There's just so much more to it than that that we're going to talk about today. So while the whole world is cyclical, schools work in a very prescribed cycle, which affects the income of education businesses and gives us financial um, highs and lows that are seasonal. And that's true whether you're selling to schools, teachers or both. And one of the steps to feeling secure throughout this seasonal income cycle is being really clear what's included in the cycle, understanding it, and particularly how it affects you and your own business, because we're all different. You know, knowing which groups are ready to buy and when, you know, what happens each year that affects sales uh, in the academic year, and being able to see whether or not you're actually on track, whether you've missed something that's essential. So I recommend mapping out the year with what's happening and when to help you understand the seasonal effect on your business. So we've obviously been riding the seasonal wave at Classroom Secrets for nine years now and so I'm going to share what I've learned on the journey and what we've managed to improve in the later years which has made it a little less nerve-wracking. I've only got three points to cover today but they're packed with useful information. So the first thing is that you're going to have to accept that it's seasonal. There's not a fix for it. So, back in the day, I used to use a lot of freelancers to create resources for me. And then I proofread all of them on my own. And I dare employ anyone to help me with the proofreading because I was scared of committing. And I've talked about this on the podcast before about my fears. And one of the reasons I was scared of committing was the financial commitment because our income was very seasonal. And i thought oh well we'll be able to pay them at some points of the year but what happens if we can't pay them at other points of the year but now at classroom secrets nine years in we've got around 50 employees that we obviously need to pay a salary for every month so did i fix the seasonal income problem hmm well i want to let you into a secret my company still has seasonal income That doesn't mean that we go days and days without sales like we used to back in the day. But it does mean that there are still highs and lows through the month and also on different days of the week. And this isn't a failure. It's just how our education business works and it's how schools and teachers buy. So if you're hoping that one day that your business won't be seasonal and you'll have this constant stream of steady sales all year round, you're going to need to go into a different business. You're going to have to find a way to make this work for you. And this is why I use Profit First. So the best thing about seasonal businesses is that there are windows of time with high sales potential, where you can put all of your energy into marketing your product or service. So you could also decide that you want to spend the windows of time with low low sales potential, working on your product or service instead. So in order to survive and most importantly grow you really have to focus your efforts on what's achievable in the windows of time with high sales potential. You can't just ignore that they exist and hope that you can make up for it in the quieter months because once you've missed it you've missed it and it is important to make them important. So you might be able to increase sales in quieter times. Absolutely you can do that but it's going to be harder so you should absolutely focus on increasing sales in busier times to compensate for the dips it's, it's just easier teachers and schools will be in the right frame of mind at certain times of year and it's your job to figure out when they are you know if your sales targets in the important months don't make you uncomfortable then they're not they're not big enough they're not big enough So I've already mentioned that you might choose to use the quieter times to focus on your product or service, but you can also think about what could drive sales in the quieter times, and that could be for the quieter times or for the the times with higher sales potential. Okay, so number two, you've got to identify what to focus on when. So I've already touched on that a little bit, but you can't focus on everything at once so if there's only you or you've got a small team then the seasonality can be really useful for you anyway because you can plan how you can use your time effectively so that you don't miss these big sales windows and then you'll know how to use the periods of drought to make sure that you have a big impact in the next big sales window so work out what the calendar is What's your calendar in your particular business? Where have you seen sales increase and decrease across the year? What big events happen that you need to consider and make sure you're trying to sell for? You know, you could use this to plan your products and services as well. And ideally, you'll be able to sell to schools and teachers as they have different high points in the year. Times when they're ready to buy from you and times when they're not. So make sure you take all of the key dates into consideration, things like when teachers are returning to school, when they're doing exam prep, budgets, all those things. It's not just about um, teachers needing something, it's also about when schools are getting money. And number three, a percentage model. So I mentioned in my first point that I was scared to employ people because of the seasonality of finances and I was worried I wouldn't be able to afford it over the summer and obviously I employ many people now and we actually switched people to employment rather than freelancing back in 2017. So I did have a way that I managed a seasonal income then but it wasn't a very good one. <laughs> um, basically we just drove sales and then saved all the money in the company just in case but I didn't pay me an ed what we deserved and I didn't get a grip on what it meant to have a seasonal business at that time but it got to a point where I knew that we just couldn't continue like this and we began to resent it and it was no one's fault but our own and I've talked about this before so we needed to get a better way to manage the finances that didn't mean stockpiling for a rainy day you know it wasn't helping growth in the company because it didn't help anyone to feel like the company needed to continue being brilliant we could just coast along. And it's not that you shouldn't stockpile, by the way, you should, but a sensible percentage instead of everything. And in that way, you as a business owner gets paid as well. So we started using a percentage model profit first, and you do this on your income each month. So you have um, a percentage that is tax, a percentage that is salaries, a percentage that is operational expenses, a percentage of this profit so you get to set what you want this profit to be so that you can make sure there is one at the end of the year and you also have a percentage which is owners comp which is basically what you as the owner gets paid as a salary so for us it's what um, Ed and I get paid each month so we get paid a percentage of the sales so that's interesting because sometimes that means we don't get paid as much as other times so it works as a really good incentive for you to really push forward with that. Um, You know, (laughs) it can be a bit scary. It doesn't help us sit back and relax because that's not what it's intended to do. Um, But we are directly affected if the company doesn't um, do as well that month. Um, But it's not as scary as it sounds because what we do is we try and make sure that we base it on a sensible percentage you know it's not it's not a percentage that's going to make it really difficult to live in august for example but but we also take that into account with our living expenses as well so that's really helped us um you know it might not work for everyone but dividing your money into pots each week or each month based on percentages could really help you stabilize your mindset even though your business is seasonal, making sure that you've always got money in there, but you're not just having to stockpile for a rainy day, not knowing whether the money's going to continue to come in. So there you have it. They're my three steps to managing seasonal income in your education business. So if you'd like to join me in Education Business Club, it's really not long now until Education Business Club takes on a new form. It's going to be monthly trainings created by me. Um, for more in-depth help and advice than you get on on the podcast for growing your education business for starting it for scaling it so if you want to know when that's going to be live then just send me a message on LinkedIn and I can get back to you and let you know when that's going to be live um but I'm really excited about the changes in Education Business Club it's been a really um informative four months with the beta um sessions And I'm really looking forward to how we're all going to grow our education businesses over the next year. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.